Section 42 of Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1, The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, Arranged by Leonard Huxley. Chapter 20, The Last March. Footnote. At this point begins the last of Scott's notebooks. The record of the southern journey is written in pencil in three slim manuscript books, some eight inches long by five wide. These little volumes are meant for artists' notebooks, and are made of tough, soft, pliable paper, which takes the pencil well. The pages, ninety-six in number, are perforated so as to be detachable at need. In the hut, large quarto manuscript books are used for the journals, and some of the rough notes of the earlier expeditions were recast and written out again in them, the little books were carried on the sledge journeys, and contain the day's notes entered very regularly at the lunch halts and in the night camps. But in the last weeks of the southern journey, when fuel and light ran short and all grew very weary, it will be seen that Scott made his entries at lunchtime alone. They tell not of the morning's run only, but of yesterday. The notes were written on the right-hand pages, and when the end of the book was reached, it was turned, and the blank backs of the leaves now became clean right-hand pages. The first two manuscript books are thus entirely filled. The third has only part of its pages used, and the message to the public is written at the reverse end. Inside the front cover of number one is a ready table to convert the day's run of geographical miles as recorded on the sledge meter into statute miles, a list of the depots and their latitude, and a note of the sledge meter reading at corner camp. These are followed in the first pages by a list of the outward camps and distances run as noted in the book, with special remarks as to cairns, latitude, and so forth. At the end of the book is a full list of the cairns that marked the track out. Inside the front cover of number two are similar entries, together with the ages of the polar party and a note of the error of Scott's watch. Inside the front cover of number three are the following words. Diary can be read by finder to ensure recording of records, etc., but diary should be sent to my widow. And on the first page, send this diary to my widow, R. Scott. The word wife has been struck out and widow written in. End of footnote. Sunday, February 18, record 32, temperature minus 5.5 degrees, at Shambles Camp. We gave ourselves five hours sleep at the lower glacier depot after the horrible night, and came on at about three today to this camp, coming fairly easily over the divide. Here with plenty of horse meat we have had a fine supper, to be followed by others such, and so continue a more plentiful era if we can keep good marches up. New life seems to come with greater food almost immediately, but I am anxious about the barrier surfaces. Monday, February 19, lunch temperature, minus 16 degrees. It was late, past noon, before we got away today, as I gave nearly eight hours sleep, and much camp work was done shifting sledges and fitting up new ones with mast, etc., packing horse meat and personal effects. Footnote. Sledges were left at the chief depots to replace damaged ones. End of footnote. 
the surface was every bit as bad as I expected, the sun shining brightly on it and its covering of soft loose sandy snow. We have come out about two feet on the old tracks. Perhaps lucky to have a fine day for this and our camp work, but we shall want wind or change of sliding conditions to do anything on such a surface as we have got. I fear there will not be much change for the next three or four days. Record 33, temperature minus 17 degrees. We have struggled out 4.6 miles in a short day over a really terrible surface. It has been like pulling over desert sand, not the least glide in the world. If this goes on, we shall have a bad time, but I sincerely trust it is only the result of this windless area close to the coast, and that, as we are making steadily outwards, we shall shortly escape it. It is perhaps premature to be anxious about covering distance. In all other respects, things are improving. We have our sleeping bags spread on the sledge, and they are drying, but, above all, we have our full measure of food again. Tonight we had a sort of stew-fry of pemmican and horse-flesh, and voted it the best hoosh we had ever had on a sledge journey. The absence of poor Evans is a help to the commissariat, but if he had been here in a fit state, we might have got along faster. I wonder what is in store for us, with some little alarm at the lateness of the season. Monday, February 20, record 34. Lunch temperature, minus 13 degrees. Supper temperature, minus 15 degrees. Same terrible surface. Four hours hard plodding in morning brought us to our desolation camp, where we had the four-day blizzard. We looked for more pony meat, but found none. After lunch we took to ski with some improvement of comfort. Total mileage for day, seven. The ski tracks pretty plain and easily followed this afternoon. We have left another cairn behind. Terribly slow progress, but we hope for better things as we clear the land. There is a tendency to cloud over in the southeast tonight, which may turn to our advantage. At present, our sledge and ski leave deeply plowed tracks, which can be seen winding for miles behind. It is distressing, but as usual trials are forgotten when we camp, and good food is our lot. Pray God we get better traveling, as we are not fit as we were, and the season is advancing apace. Tuesday, February 21, Record 35. Lunch temperature, minus 9.5 degrees. Supper temperature, minus 11 degrees. Gloomy and overcast when we started. A good deal warmer. The marching almost as bad as yesterday. Heavy toiling all day, inspiring gloomiest thoughts at times. Rays of comfort when we picked up tracks and cairns. At lunch we seemed to have missed the way, but an hour or two after we passed the last pony walls, and since we struck a tent ring, ending the march actually on our old pony tracks. There is a critical spot here with a long stretch between cairns. If we can tide that over, we get on the regular cairn route, and with luck should stick to it but everything depends on the weather. We never won a march of eight and a half miles with greater difficulty, but we can't go on like this. We are drawing away from the land, and perhaps may get better things in a day or two. I devoutly hope so. Wednesday, February 22nd. Record 36. Supper temperature, minus two degrees. There is little doubt we are in for a rotten critical time going home, and the lateness of the season may make it really serious. 
Shortly after starting today, the wind grew very fresh from the southeast, with strong surface drift. We lost the faint track immediately, though covering ground fairly rapidly. Lunch came without sight of the cairn we had hoped to pass. In the afternoon, Bowers being sure we were too far to the west, steered out. Result, we have passed another pony camp without seeing it. Looking at the map tonight, there is no doubt we are too far to the east. With clear weather, we ought to be able to correct the mistake, but will the weather get clear? It's a gloomy position, more especially as one sees the same difficulty returning, even when we have corrected the error. The wind is dying down tonight, and the sky clearing in the south, which is hopeful. Meanwhile, it is satisfactory to note that such untoward events fail to damp the spirit of the party. Tonight we had a pony hoosh so excellent and filling that one feels really strong and vigorous again. Thursday, February 23, record 37. Lunch temperature, minus 9.8 degrees. Supper temperature, minus 12 degrees. Started in sunshine, wind almost dropped. Luckily, Bowers took a round of angles, and with help of the chart, we fogged out that we must be inside rather than outside tracks. The data were so meager that it seemed a great responsibility to march out, and we were none of us happy about it. But just as we decided to lunch, Bowers's wonderful sharp eyes detected an old double lunch cairn, the theodolite telescope confirmed it, and our spirits rose accordingly. This afternoon we marched on and picked up another cairn then on and camped only two and a half miles from the depot. We cannot see it, but, given fine weather, we cannot miss it. We are, therefore, extraordinarily relieved. Covered 8.2 miles in seven hours, showing we can do 10 to 12 on this surface. Things are again looking up, as we are on the regular line of cairns, with no gaps right home, I hope. Friday, February 24. Lunch. Beautiful day, too beautiful, an hour after starting loose ice crystals spoiling surface. Saw depot and reached it middle forenoon. Found store in order except shortage oil. Shall have to be very saving with fuel. Otherwise have ten full days provision from tonight and shall have less than seventy miles to go. Footnote. At this, the barrier stage of the return journey, the southern party were in want of more oil than they found at the depots, owing partly to the severe conditions, but still more to the delays imposed by their sick comrades, they reached the full limit of time allowed for between depots. The cold was unexpected, and at the same time the actual amount of oil found at the depots was less than they had counted on. Under summer conditions, such as were contemplated, when there was less cold for the men to endure, and less firing needed to melt the snow for cooking, the fullest allowance of oil was one gallon to last a unit of four men ten days, or one-fortieth of a gallon a day for each man. The amount allotted to each unit for the return journey from the south was apparently rather less, being two-thirds gallon for eight days, or one-forty-eighth gallon a day for each man but the eight days were to cover the march from depot to depot, averaging on the barrier some seventy to eighty miles, which in normal conditions should not take more than six days. Thus there was a substantial margin for delay by bad weather, while if all went well the supplies afforded the fullest marching allowance. The same proportion for a unit of five men works out at five-sixths of a gallon for an eight-day stage. 
Accordingly, for the return of the two supporting parties and the southern party, two tins of a gallon each were left at each depot, each unit of four men being entitled to two-thirds of a gallon, and the units of three and five men in proportion. The return journey on the summit had been made at good speed, taking twenty-one days as against twenty-seven going out, the last part of it from three degree to upper glacier depot, taking nearly eight marches as against ten, showing the first slight slackening as P. O. Evans and Oates began to feel the cold. From upper glacier to lower glacier depot, ten marches as against eleven, a stage broken by the mid-glacier depot of three and a half days' provisions at the sixth march. Here there was little gain, partly owing to the conditions, but more to Evans' gradual collapse. The worst time came on the barrier. From lower glacier to southern barrier depot, fifty-one miles, six and a half marches as against five, two of which were short marches, so that the five might count as an easy four in point of distance. From southern barrier to mid-barrier depot, eighty-two miles, six and a half marches as against five and a half. From mid-barrier to Mount Hooper, seventy miles, eight as against four and three quarters, while the last remaining eight marches represent but four on the outward journey. See table on next page. As to the cause of the shortage, the tins of oil at the depot had been exposed to extreme conditions of heat and cold. The oil was specially volatile, and in the warmth of the sun, for the tins were regularly set in an accessible place on the top of the cairns, tended to become vapor and escape through the stoppers, even without damage to the tins. This process was much accelerated by reason that the leather washers about the stoppers had perished in the great cold. Dr. Atkinson gives two striking examples of this. 1. Eight one-gallon tins in a wooden case, intended for a depot at Cape Crozier, had been put out in September 1911. They were snowed up, and when examined in December 1912, showed three tins full, three empty, one a third full, and one two-thirds full. 2. When the search party reached one-ton camp in November 1912, they found that some of the food, stacked in a canvas tank at the foot of the cairn, was quite oily from the spontaneous leakage of the tins seven feet above it on the top of the cairn. The tins at the depots awaiting the southern party had of course been opened and the due amount to be taken measured out by the supporting parties on their way back. However carefully restoppered, they were still liable to the unexpected evaporation and leakage already described. Hence, without any manner of doubt, the shortage which struck the southern party so hard. End of footnote. Note from Mears who passed through December 15, saying surface bad, from Atkinson after fine marching, two and a quarter days from Pony Depot, reporting Keohane better after sickness. Short note from Evans, not very cheerful, saying surface bad, temperature high. Think he must have been a little anxious. Footnote. It will be remembered that he was already stricken with scurvy. End of footnote. It is an immense relief to have picked up this depot, and, for the time, anxieties are thrust aside. There is no doubt we have been rising steadily since leaving the Shambles camp. The coastal barrier descends except where glaciers press out. Undulation still but flattening out. Surface soft on top, curiously hard below great difference now between night and day temperatures. 
quite warm as I write in tent. We are on tracks with half-march cairn ahead, have covered four and a half miles. Poor Wilson has a fearful attack snow blindness consequent on yesterday's efforts. Wish we had more fuel. Night camp, record 38, temperature minus 17 degrees. A little despondent again. We had a really terrible surface this afternoon and only covered four miles. We are on the track just beyond a lunch cairn. It really will be a bad business if we are to have this pulling all through. I don't know what to think, but the rapid closing of the season is ominous. It is great luck having the horse meat to add to our ration. Tonight we have had a real fine hoosh. It is a race between the season and hard conditions and our fitness and good food. Saturday, February 25. Lunch temperature, minus 12 degrees. Managed just six miles this morning. Started somewhat despondent. Not relieved when pulling seemed to show no improvement. Bit by bit, surface grew better. Less sastrugi, more glide. Slight following wind for a time. Then we began to travel a little faster. But the pulling is still very hard. Undulations disappearing, but inequalities remain. 26 camp walls about two miles ahead, all tracks in sight, Evans track very conspicuous. This is something in favor, but the pulling is tiring us, though we are getting into better ski drawing again. Bowers hasn't quite the trick and is a little hurt at my criticisms, but I never doubted his heart. Very much easier, write diary at lunch, excellent meal. Now one pannikin, very strong tea, four biscuits and butter. Hope for better things this afternoon, but no improvement apparent. Oh, for a little wind, east. Evans evidently had plenty. Record 39, temperature minus 20 degrees. Better march in afternoon. Day yields 11.4 miles. The first double figure of steady dragging for a long time, but it meant and will mean hard work if we can't get a wind to help us. Evans evidently had a strong wind here, southeast, I should think. The temperature goes very low at night now, when the sky is clear as at present. As a matter of fact, this is wonderfully fair weather. The only drawback, the spoiling of the surface and absence of wind. We see all tracks very plain, but the pony walls have evidently been badly drifted up. Some kind people had substituted a cairn at last Camp 27. The old cairns do not seem to have suffered much. Sunday, February 26. Lunch temperature, minus 17 degrees. Sky overcast at start, but able see tracks and cairn distinct at long distance. Did a little better, six and a half miles to date. Bowers and Wilson now in front. Find great relief pulling behind with no necessity to keep attention on track. Very cold nights now and cold feet starting March, as day footgear doesn't dry at all. We are doing well on our food, but we ought to have yet more. I hope the next depot, now only fifty miles, will find us with enough surplus to open out. The fuel shortage still an anxiety. Record 40. Temperature minus 21 degrees. Nine hours solid marching has given us eleven and a half miles. Only forty-three miles from the next depot. Wonderfully fine weather, but cold, very cold. Nothing dries, and we get our feet cold too often. We want more food yet, and especially more fat. Fuel is woefully short. We
we can scarcely hope to get a better surface at this season, but I wish we could have some help from the wind, though it might shake us badly if the temperature didn't rise. Monday, February 27. Desperately cold last night, minus 33 degrees when we got up, with minus 37 minimum. Some suffering from cold feet, but all got good rest. We must open out on food soon. But we have done seven miles this morning, and hope for some five this afternoon. Overcast sky and good surface till now, when sun shows again. It is good to be marching the cairns up, but there is still much to be anxious about. We talk of little but food, except after meals. Land disappearing in satisfactory manner. Pray God we have no further setbacks. We are naturally always discussing possibility of meeting dogs, where and when, etc. It is a critical position. We may find ourselves in safety at next depot, but there is a horrid element of doubt. Camp Record 41. Temperature minus 32 degrees. Still fine clear weather, but very cold. Absolutely calm tonight. We have got off an excellent march for these days, 12.2, and are much earlier than usual in our bags. 31 miles to depot, 3 days fuel at a pinch, and 6 days food. Things begin to look a little better. We can open out a little on food from tomorrow night, I think. Very curious surface. Soft recent sastrugi which sink underfoot, and between a sort of flaky crust with large crystals beneath. Tuesday, February 28. Lunch. Thermometer went below minus 40 degrees last night. It was desperately cold for us, but we had a fair night. I decided to slightly increase food. The effect is undoubtedly good. Started marching in minus 32 degrees with a slight northwesterly breeze. Lighting. Many cold feet this morning. Long time over footgear but we are earlier. Shall camp earlier and get the chance of a good night, if not the reality. Things must be critical till we reach the depot, and the more I think of matters, the more I anticipate their remaining so after that event. Only twenty-four and a half miles from the depot. The sun shines brightly, but there is little warmth in it. There is no doubt the middle of the barrier is a pretty awful locality. Camp 42 Splendid pony hoosh sent us to bed and sleep happily after a horrid day, wind continuing. Did eleven and a half miles. Temperature not quite so low, but expect we are in for a cold night. Temperature minus twenty-seven degrees. Wednesday, February twenty-nine. Lunch. Cold night. Minimum temp minus thirty-seven point five degrees. Minus thirty degrees with northwest wind, force four when we got up frightfully cold starting. Luckily, Bowers and Oates in their last new finesco, keeping my old ones for present. Expected awful march, and for first hour got it. Then things improved, and we camped after five and a half hours marching close to lunch camp, twenty-two and a half. Next camp is our depot, and it is exactly thirteen miles. It ought not to take more than one and a half days. We pray for another fine one. The oil will just about spin out in that event, and we arrive three clear days' food in hand. The increase of ration has had an enormously beneficial result. Mountains now looking small. Wind still very light from west. Cannot understand this wind. Thursday, March 1st. Lunch. Very cold last night. Minimum minus 41.5 degrees. 
cold start to march too, as usual now. Got away at 8 and have marched within sight of depot. Flag something under 3 miles away. We did 11.5 yesterday and marched 6 this morning. Heavy dragging yesterday and very heavy this morning. Apart from sledging considerations, the weather is wonderful. Cloudless days and nights and the wind trifling. Worse luck, the light airs come from the north and keep us horribly cold. For this lunch hour, the exception has come. There is a bright and comparatively warm sun. All our gear is out drying. Friday, March 2nd, lunch. Misfortunes rarely come singly. We marched to the middle barrier depot fairly easily yesterday afternoon, and since that have suffered three distinct blows which have placed us in a bad position. First we found a shortage of oil. With most rigid economy, it can scarce carry us to the next depot on this surface, 71 miles away. Second, Titus Oates disclosed his feet, the toes showing very bad indeed, evidently bitten by the late temperatures. The third blow came in the night, when the wind, which we had hailed with some joy, brought dark overcast weather. It fell below minus forty degrees in the night, and this morning it took one and a half hours to get our footgear on, but we got away before eight. We lost cairn and tracks together, and made as steady as we could north by west, but have seen nothing. Worse was to come. The surface is simply awful. In spite of strong wind and full sail, we have only done five and a half miles. We are in a very queer street, since there is no doubt we cannot do the extra marches and feel the cold horribly. End of first part of chapter 20